Good morning, New Jerusalem God's House Christian Fellowship. We are going to have a service via podcast today. I want everyone to listen, to hear what the Lord is saying to them through this podcast. Because we're not able to be with y'all today, we want to make sure that you still get the word. We're going over to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Verses 22 through 26. Dear Father, we thank you, we praise you, we honor you. We ask that you be with us this morning, that you keep us, protect us, watch over us, Lord God. Help us to understand your word, Father God, to hear it, Lord God, to do it, Lord God, to live it, Lord God, to study it, Father God. To not only be faithful in word only, Lord God, yet indeed, Lord God, in our action, in our ways, and by the heart, for you to you judge us the things of the heart, Father God. So, Lord God, I ask that no flesh be lifted up in me, that you come through, Lord God, that your word, your desires for your people, Lord God, be heard. And this I do pray, and we pray in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. And like I said, we're going over to Romans chapter 8, verses 22 through 26. And in verse 22, it says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth, and pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruit of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our bodies. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doeth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So we're talking about prayer. We, we have come over to a stage to where we need prayer. We need to understand what prayer is, how we ought to pray, what prayer represents in our lives, and what the connection to God is through prayer. Sometimes we, we want to go to God in prayer, yet when we pray, we only pray for what we want and not for God's will. We pray for what we think we should have and not what God has planned for us. And when we pray, we don't pray sincerely all the time with an earnest heart. We pray with a selfish heart and understanding. Because we think in our hearts that because God is God and his word promises us things, that by his promises, whatever we ask for in prayer, we should get. What we don't understand is the Bible makes it clear that we should pray God's will for our lives. Even when Christ was praying in the garden, he didn't pray for his will. He prayed that this cup be passed from him. But then he said, not mine will, but thine will be done. So even Christ in the midst of his suffering and going through things and, 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 and having to go to the cross, didn't pray a prayer of his needs and desires. He prayed for God's will. Now he asked that God would have this cup passed from him because in his heart, in his mind at that time, as a pastor once told me, he was not praying his spiritual side, he was praying his natural side. And because he was praying his natural side, 
he saw the pain and suffering and all that went along with going to the cross. And he asked, not putting God in a bad position, but he asked that God have that cup passed from him. But then at the end of that prayer, at the very end of that prayer, he said, not my will, but thine will be done. He was preparing himself through prayer to go up and to go through those things with God had already told him and had him come to this world beforehand to go through. So when we pray, sometimes we got to realize even in our prayer life, God is not going to change some things or he's not going to move at that very minute, that very second, or he's not going to give us what we want just because we said we want it and we're his children. Parents don't always give their children what they want. They always give in to their children's whims and, and, and desires. They sometimes tell their children no, and they tell their children no, not just because their children are their children, because they know what is best for their children. Sometimes we think because somebody has authority over us, like a parent, um, they tell us no because they have that position and right. And some parents do do that. Not with God. God is not that type of parent. He's not that type of God to where simply because simply because he can tell us um, no, that he tells us no. No, God is the type of head that lets us know that in him we can find truth. We can find rest. We can find peace. We can find those things what we need in order to make it through. The Bible said that he would keep us at perfect peace and we kept our minds stayed on him, that he would give us peace that passes all understanding. So when we pray to God, he gives us peace. He gives us assurance. He gives us the uh, mindset that whatever we are prayed for, one, is in him, so he stands on his own word. And two, that he would give us peace in the storm, in that valley, in that place to where we're coming through. And we need to be able to pray not only simply because Scripture tells us to pray like Christ said over in Matthew chapter 6 verses 9 through 13. He said after this manner Archie pray because he was giving us a blueprint, a map, a, a, a direction, a, 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 a line of which way we should pray. He was giving us those things that would help us to be able to realize that it's God because he says that our father. So that's the first thing. Like I said, God is our father. You know, he's our head. He's a good parent. He's the best parent. You know, he's always righteous, he's always true, and he's never tempted. So he says, our father, which art in heaven. So we know now he's our father and he's established in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. So it's his kingdom, not our kingdom. Thy will be done. It's his will and not our will. On earth as it is in heaven. So that means that whatever done in heaven will be done on earth. We have to just be willing to accept and believe that God knows what is best and what he has established in heaven, he was established on earth. And God established peace, tranquility, sinlessness. So whatever God established in heaven, he wants us to practice and to be a part of on earth and have a heart and a mind and a spirit of faithfulness to that. So we got to understand when we're talking over here in Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to go back to uh, verse 22. It says in verse 22, it says, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. He's saying that we've grown and we've been in pain and travailed until now. He's saying now is the moment. This is the time. 
We have come through all of these things. And now we establish that we are all rooted and grounded, one body, one flesh in Christ Jesus. So now we know that we can come to God. We can pray to God. We can call on God. We can pray for ourselves. We can pray for others. Every time I do a uh, Monday prayer, I say, pray for yourselves, pray for others, and pray for whatever needs that you have on this day. And what I'm saying there is that pray for other people. Pray for yourselves. Pray for each other. Pray to God that his will be done in all these areas and all these things. So it goes on and talks about it in verse 23. It says, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruit of the spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves. He said, which have the first fruit of the spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves. Meaning that even though we have the first fruit of the spirit, we have the spirit of God. We are his righteous fruit. We are his holy fruit. We are his acceptable fruit. We have the spirit of God in us. We ourselves grown. Because we go, we ourselves go through things. We ourselves uh, come up against temptations. We come up against harm, danger, sickness, pains, you know, stumbling blocks, pitfalls. You know, the enemy comes against us at all times, especially us, because now we are those who are not only accepting God, now we are made a stand. We have a standard that we live by, and now we are ever under attack by the enemy or by something, or some temptation of the flesh, something that pulls us away from God if we're not careful. The Bible said, pray without ceasing, be careful over nothing, just anything. Always be careful. Pray without ceasing. You know, and then we go on in verse 24, we talked about it, and it says, for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for? So he said, what a man see is what he hope for. So if we see it and, 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 and we can touch it and it's tangible and we can smell it and we can hear it and, and we know that it's there, why hope for something that exists already? I'm, I, I can't hope for the car that I have in my driveway because it's there. And I can hope that it starts when I go outside. I can hope that all the components of that automobile work. I can hope that dinner gets ready quicker than it it, it, it seems like it's going to because the dinner is there. So I don't have to hope for a meal. I'm just hoping that dinner going to get ready so I can go on and eat. I hope that my car starts so I can go ahead and go to the store, go to work. So when we hope for things, we don't hope for things that we can visually uh, see or tangibly see or touch or smell or hold because they're already there. We may hope something about that thing. We may hope something in that thing, yet we don't have to hope for that thing because that thing is already there. So, so he says, you know, what a man sees, why do is he yet hope for? In verse 24, if we see it, why do we hope for it? You know, and then he goes on, let's go back to the beginning. For we are saved by hope. So we're saved by hope. We're saved by the things that we hope for. We're saved by hope in God through Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the connection that we have in God. He says that in the word that he's the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father yet but by him. Over in John chapter 14, verse 6, he says this is. So then we go on and we see, uh, well, he says, for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. Because it's not hope. If I can see it, then there's no hope in it. And I see it. It's right there in front of me. And then he goes on and says, for, you know, I already read this part. So for we, for what a man sees, why do he yet hope for? Why do we hope for things we see? What is the purpose to that? We already see it. We, it already exists. And then he goes on to verse 25. 
But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait. And then he goes on, wait what? Wait for it. So that means that we with patience wait for it. And what is Paul saying here? He's saying that, but if we hope for that, we see not. Those things that we don't see, we can't touch, we can't smell, we can't hear, we can't in some way tangibly connect to it other than in the spirit. And then we are hoping and we are believing that God is going to bring this thing to pass and he's going to bring it to life. Then those things we hope for, and he says not in just hope, we do hope for him in patience and we wait. We wait for it. Why do we wait for it? Because we know that God is going to move in that area because we are hoping for things. We're asking for things that are not only things we hope for and ask for. They're God's will. And as long as they're God's will, then we are able to patiently wait for those things because we know God is not mocked, that God delivers on those things that he promises us. And what do he promise us? He promises us that he's going to be there to meet our needs and that he's going to be there for us when things are going hard for us. When we're going through things, he'll give us peace. And then he'll give us that peace that passes all understanding. That we keep our mind stayed on him and not the situation, not the problem. But yet we know that God is the solution to all things that we go with. So in prayer, when we come to God, we know that he will come through for us in all ways and all things and meet all needs. There's no reason then to be not patient. There's no reason then not to wait. And there's no reason not to know that God is going to meet their need because not only are we believing for it, we know that God is able to meet all the needs of his people as he see fit and not we ourselves. We are so often putting God on the spot saying whether God should have came through for me here. I see what God didn't come for me through for me there and God didn't do this. I prayed and I prayed and I asked and I asked and God didn't meet their need. That thing didn't change. He didn't deal with the situation I was praying for this person for. <clears throat> and I really wanted this person to be healed or this person to be helped or this person to change this person to do this do that then you say well why didn't god preserve that person why didn't he change that person why didn't he come through for that person or myself in that situation now that i can't answer for you only god knows his will and why he does anything what i can say was is this unless in god has changed and he has not changed he's the same today yesterday and forever so god has not changed i can say that when god didn't meet that need or when he didn't come through in your mind the way that you see it or he didn't do it that day or that particular moment it wasn't because he done something wrong and we were right it's because god knew what was best god looked at that situation from every angle from every perspective and this was not only the best way but this was the right way the only way that it could have been done and still been right in him so when we pray we got to realize that it's god's will not our own because we get confused sometimes when we pray and we talk to God and we ask God for things or we want God to move in some type of way and do some type of thing for us. We, we get confused about that. Then it says in verse 26, likewise, the spirit also helps our infirmities. So whatever we're going through, the spirit of God helps us to make it through those things, those struggles, those strains, those hurts, those pains, those, those lonely moments, those down and out, depressing. And I don't know how I'm going to make it through moments. God helps us with those infirmities. So by God helping us with those infirmities, we know that God meets every need 
that we have, even those that we don't even realize sometimes that we have, that he comes through and he meets us there at that place. He helps us with our infirmities. He helps us to be the very best that we can be at all times and all things. And he binds us up and he heals our wounds. And he comes through for us in the pinch. And, and, and when we think we can't go any further, he, by his spirit, helps us to go much, much further. So we got to think about the spirit of God is always present there for us. And so by the spirit of God being present there for us, we can then also make it through. We can make it through that particular thing. Sometimes we look back and that elbow or that arm or that thing that we've dealing with, whether it be with a spouse or a child or a loved one or a friend or some type of condition of our bodies, we look back and we think, oh, wow, hmm, that arm is working good. That person is doing better or he met the need or he came through for us financially or things like that. And, and we don't even realize it. You know, I know I just said a minute ago that God is not going to always do what we think ought to be done in situations. He's going to do what is his will because he knows what is best. <clears throat> and even so, even though I said that, I'm now saying that, say, we are going through something. God can and able to heal us from those things, whether it be physical, financial, emotional, spiritual, whatever the case may be, whether it be a family member or a friend. Whatever the case may be, God can come through for us in those situations. Now, it'll be done his way by his timing, not our way by our timing. You know, we said, what is that song? Uh, he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. You know, that song is true. God doesn't come. He's not moved by what we want and how we want it. God is moved by his spirit, what he desires, what he sees, how he desires, how he sees it, <clears throat> and how he wants to perform and come through for us in our life. See, we look at things from a viewpoint of what is happening. We're looking at our situation, our circumstances, and we're not looking at what God is doing in the background and, and, and in places that we can't see. You know, when we pray and we hope and we have patience and we have faith for something and, and, and we are praying to God about these things, we're not thinking about how God is operating. We're only thinking about when we pray what is going on. And because we're thinking about it when God doesn't move or when something doesn't happen or when things don't, you know, turn out the way that we think they should, then we think God has failed us in some type of way. And sometimes we go away and we don't pray anymore or we give up and we walk away from God or we don't uh, toe the line. We don't stay the course. We, 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 we break free from what we think is not something that is working for us. And God doesn't work for us. We, 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 we kind of confuse that. God is not employed by me. God is not employed by you. God doesn't work for any of us. God is God, and he has already mapped out our lives before we even came to this. Before we was a twinkle in our parents' eyes, God has already mapped out our lives. So we got to understand that God is ever faithful. God is ever uh, diligent to meet the needs of his people. <coughs> God is ever present in our times of needs you know he's he's a ever-present help as the bible says in our times of need so we should never the bible tells us not to get weary and well doing for the proper time if we faint not he would meet that need so he will come through for us you know god will come through for us in any situation we just have to be willing to be patient and wait on god so i want to go on and read the rest of verse uh, 26 for we know not what 
we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So the Spirit itself make intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. So I mean the Spirit of God is making intercession for us. It's, it's, it's revealing itself to God, you know, in ways that we can't even, we don't even realize that we, we're, we're saying it, we're, we're, we're living it. It's, 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 it's zooming in. It's kind of like when, when it's hot and we're outside, the sweat just starts to zoom from our body. The, the Spirit of God just starts to zoom the, the, those, those utterance, those things that can't be heard, those things that we need, those things that we're going through, those things that we can't find the right words to say. The Spirit of God gives us the ability just by being present. It, it, it works in our behalf. Because you see in the latter part of verse 26, it says, for we grown with, let me, let me back up. It says that the spirit itself make intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, that means that we, if we can't utter them, that means that we can't say them. So that means the spirit is speaking through us, for us, and it's given us the understanding of the word of God and what we ought to be and how we ought to be and, and what, is needed at that moment. The spirit is given over to the need that we have to the father. It is speaking for us. It's speaking through us. It's, it's helping us to be the very best we can at that time. It's, it's, it's giving us those things that we ourselves don't even realize and know that we have need for. Because then the spirit is going to uh, interact purely. It's going to say what God requires and what God has already established should be said and done in that situation. It's not something that we can say. It's not something that we can speak ourselves. It's God speaking through us by his spirit, letting us know that the things that we are saying at that time line up perfectly with him. And the, what we cannot say, the spirit has taken over and given utterance unto God, unspoken words, but yet God sees the spirit of the person and what that need is. So because God sees our spirit, <clears throat> because we can't order those words, the spirit is doing the work for us. God's spirit is ever there, is ever present with us when we are one of God's children. When we're covered by the blood of Christ, what he did on carry, that salvation that he gave us when he was hung up on that tree. And now we are able to now boldly come to the throne of God's grace and speak for ourselves. The Bible says that when he was on the cross and, <clears throat> and all was done, the veil of the temple was rent in two, meaning that now men can come to God for themselves in prayer and supplication and make it be known to God what our requests are. And yet, at the same time, we are covered by the blood of Christ. Because we are covered by the blood of Christ, we are one of God's children. We are ever being reminded to the Father by that blood covering of Christ that we are one of his. Christ makes intercession for us in heaven. He lets God know when we fall short, when we come up short. These are one of your children, Father. These are the ones that uh, uh, have accepted me and accepted your will for what it is and not for what they want it to be. When they pray, Lord God, they pray earnestly and they pray purely your will and not their own. And then the Bible said that we have an accuser of the brother, which is the enemy, Satan. And he comes to God on a regular, accusing us. See what he did today? See the mistakes he made? And see all this and see all that? And yet and still, God doesn't move away from us. He doesn't leave us hanging because he sees the blood of Christ on us. He sees that we're just falling. And his son, Christ, is ever letting him know, Father, this is one of yours. They made it through. Because Christ said this, Father, not one that you're giving me have I lost. 
And then he said, let them continue on so they can go and teach others. And those will be those who are of me. And I won't lose not one of them because those you have already established to be saved. And a lot of people confuse that. Well, once saved, always saved. But those you established to be saved. What it's saying is that God knows the ones that they're going to accept him. The ones that won't turn back. The ones that won't turn away. The ones that are going to stay the road. Even though it looks like every once in a while they may veer off. They may stop and want to smell the flowers or take a break. They're not going to leave. They're going to get right back up and they're going to start on their journey. Or they're falling. Scrape the knee. Once they get up, they dust themselves off and they continue the road. Even though it's sometimes dusty and hard and there's nobody along the way but them, they continue the journey because they know this road leads to righteousness, to holiness, to Christ. And if it leads to Christ, then it leads to heaven. Because Paul said it best. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. So that means that you don't follow me, Odell, pastor, shepherd, head of this particular body of Christ. No, 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 no. You follow God or Christ that is in me, and then you go into heaven because you're going down the straight and the narrow, not the broad way. So when we pray, we don't pray, well, Pastor Odell said, and Pastor Odell did this. No, we pray God's will. And if Pastor Odell is lining up with God's will, then we pray those things that God has shown us through Pastor Odell, those utterance that God has given Pastor Odell because Pastor Odell didn't stand in the flesh when he was teaching and preaching and bringing God's word. He didn't bring it for his benefit, for his growth, for the ministry to get larger in him. No, he spoke the word of God even if it didn't affect a touch for one because God wanted that one to be touched by the word. See, maybe a thousand heard and only one received. Okay, God wanted that one to receive because he may actually win over that thousand or that hundred or that ten or that fifty or whatever the case may be. I'm just supposed to be there to teach and preach the word. And I've always said this and I say it now. I'd rather preach an empty church the truth than a full church a lie. And God has honored that because I have not had many people uh, in the church at times and yet and still I preach the same powerful word that God gave me as though the church was fooling and them thousands hearing what I had to say. Because when you teach and preach the word of God, you don't teach and preach it by crowd numbers. You teach and preach it by the spirit of God and what he's saying through you and that word for that day. Because you never know what that word or who that word may reach. So we have to preach and teach that way. So when we pray, we don't pray because we want to be heard. You have people who just say, people say, well, they're a powerful prayer warrior, a powerful. They, they pray powerfully because they say all the right things and they say them all the right way and they sound good. But Paul said it best. He said it's not by wisdom of words, you know, and, it, and it's not by wisdom of words, you know, and it's not by power and by might, but by God's word. So we have to understand something. When we pray, when we preach, and me as a preacher, when I teach and preach, it's not about what I can say or how powerful I say or how charismatic I sound. It's not about those things. It's by the word of God. It's God and God's word only. So in, in verse 27, I want to read and says, He that searches the heart knows what is the mind of the spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So read, let me read that again. And he that searches the heart knows that knows what is the mind of the spirit. He said, he that searches heart knows that what's the mind of the spirit. So the spirit, see, that's what I'm saying. It's by the spirit. It's not by 
what we say is by the spirit of God that's in us or that spirit that dwells in us is as righteous as holy as the truth. So when we pray, we pray <coughs> with a righteous and holy spirit or unrighteous and holy spirit. We pray selflessly or selfishly. You know, we pray without thinking of ourselves, but God's will. That's how we pray. Or we pray nothing but thinking of ourselves and not God's will. Because we got to pray God's will, which is always selflessly and not selfishly. So it goes on to say, because make us intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So it makes the intercession for the saints. God's spirit makes the intercession for us, the saints of God. So in closing, I would like to say this. When we talk to God and when we're in prayer, we got to remember one thing. We, we pray earnestly. We pray God's will. We pray those things that God has called us to pray how he has called us to pray and by the spirit of God. We don't pray by our spirit. We don't pray by our will. We don't pray the things that we want. We pray the will of God and God is always going to meet our needs. The Bible said God would meet all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So I mean, God would meet all our needs. And sometimes we get a want and a desire in there too. And we must not ever treat God like a vending machine when we go to him. You know, <clears throat> you know how people go to the vending machine, they see a product or something they want at the vending machine, then they'll put their money in and they'll pull the hammer, pull the lever or whatever way they, they go by getting it out. And once they get that thing, they'll go away, enjoy that thing, snack or whatever the case is. And then they won't think about it until they hunger again or desire or have a need for something again. Then they'll return to God and then they'll go put their coins in it again and they'll get what they need. You know, it was an old lady that told me one time, that she was not a play pretty. And what she meant by a play pretty, that people come along and they think they can say and tell her anything and act any kind of way, and she would just buy into it like she didn't know any better. And that's how we treat God sometimes. We treat him like he's a play pretty, like he doesn't realize and know. God knows all things. He, The Bible says he sits high and, and looks low. So he knows everything. He sees everything. It's not one thing that God missed. There's never been a place, a second, or a millisecond of your life that God didn't know. The Bible knows the stature of God knows the stature of your height, and he knows the very hairs of your head. He counted every one. He knows how many he's going to give you. So in closing, I would like to say this today. With God, we should always realize and understand um, that God is always going to be present um, in everything that we do. So with that being said, I want everyone to have a blessed day, that this is a beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, September the 1st, 2019, one we haven't seen before and one we'll never see again. And I just want to uh, end with a song. And y'all be blessed on today, amen? And like I said, y'all have a very blessed morning and may the power of God be with you and always be willing to stand before God in prayer desiring His will and not your own. Be blessed. Was a time that I swore I would never go back. I was blind to the truth, didn't know what I had. I was running, I was searching, but every place I turned for healing left me more broken than the last. Take me back to the place that feels like home, to the people I can't depend on, to the faith that's in my bones.
Tried to walk on my own, but I wound up alone. Now I'm making my way to the foot of the cross. It's not a trophy for the winners. It's a shelter for the sinners. And it's right where I belong. Take me back to the place that feels like home. To the people I can't depend on. May y'all have a very blessed day in the Lord. May he be with you.